Hello, hello, hello. Happy holidays. Happy New Year's Eve, everybody. Oh, it feels like y'all just been getting a, a plethora of episodes from us. This is our third episode in, what, two weeks? I, I love it. I love it. It's a good way to end 2022 strong. Um, of course, it's your boy, Prince Abe. We are joined here by Sean Lowry. Yes, no sir. Bari. No, because he got he got daddy duties. Congratulations again. Lowry, how was your how was your holidays? How was your Christmas? It's always hectic when you have a family, but <laughs> but it was good, man. It was a blessing. I definitely can't complain. Oh, love it, love it. Um, overall, my Christmas was great, except for towards the end of the day, we had a little bit of flooding here in Atlanta. Um, oh, wow. Unfortunately, the next-door neighbors who had recently vacated, their pipes got frozen and burst, and so they started flooding. <laughs> And it leaked into our place, and we were like, we know we did everything right. It had the the water dripping, this yeah, whole weekend the water and all that. Yeah. yeah, but it was just like, come on, property yeah, manager, how come you didn't check your? It's not even their fault because they've been moved out. They moved out earlier in December. Oh, it's okay. really property management for not checking the. How you put up a freeze warning and then you don't check your vacant apartment? <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> and so we were without running water until Tuesday. Until Tuesday afternoon, I was sick. I was like, dang, Christmas was going so well, but you know what? We're grateful that it wasn't too serious. You know, other people had to completely vacate the premises. They had furniture uh, completely damaged. The whole city of Atlanta actually got hit hard. Uh, It looked like restaurants, hotels, even the airport looked like Niagara Falls was just coming through that zone. Uh, It was was cold, but, you know, just as quickly as it was eight degrees, it's now in the 50s, so... You know, this bipolar weather. Regardless, we're grateful. Um, and honestly, we're excited to be here. We've been we've been mo- relatively consistent this season. And yeah. it's nice to to drop an episode on the last day of 2022. You know, we're going to welcome in 2023 with a bang. Everybody's uh, it's, it's going to be a good year for not only this podcast, but also for the SSAW family. For all of you listening, hope you have a wonderful, wonderful year. So we're going to dive right into it, right? You know, because we've dropped so many episodes in the last two weeks, we're going to be loose with it. We're going to keep it short. We're going to keep it sweet. We're going to keep it fun. However, we're going to talk about a not-so-fun topic. Well, I guess it depends on where you stand when it comes to LeBron (laughs) and the Lakers. But following a loss to the Heat recently, LeBron James had had some things to say. Before he turns 38, by the way, LeBron James said, I know as long as my mind stays in it, I can play at at this level for a minute. Now, that's up to my mind. I'm a winner, and I want to win and give myself a chance to win and still compete for championships. That has always been my passion. That has always been my goal since I entered the league as an 18-year-old kid out of Akron, Ohio. And I know it takes steps to get there. But once you get there and know how to get there, playing basketball at this level, just to be playing basketball, is not in my DNA. It's not in my DNA anymore. And what he was referencing was the fact that, well, I feel like they need to know about the tweet first. So, Sean, can, <laughs> can you let the readers know about the tweet before we explain these recent comments? So, recently he deleted, he tweeted out, you know, when they missed the playoffs in April last year, or no, this year, uh, I can, I will not miss the postseason again for my career. This shit hurt. Okay, back to watching these games, right? So he deleted that tweet after they lost to the Heat, which is also kind of funny. 
to me. Absolutely. Um, because it's one of those things, man. LeBron sometimes gets in trouble with tweeting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and certain things he says. Um, just like it reminds me of what was it when he said playoff mode, and then they missed the playoffs. Yeah, well, mind you, he did hurt his groin, and he was shut down for the rest of the season. No, 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 no. He hurt You're not giving groin. him that. He, no, I'm not giving him that because he hurt his groin. He came back, right, and then he said playoff mode. So he was feeling like, okay, hey, I'm hurt, but we're back. We're not that far away from the AFC. We can make a run. And I remember right after that, they got blown out by Atlanta, like the next game. So I'm not getting that. Sorry. And then it yeah. so conveniently happened that, you know, that was also, I think, the last time we saw the young cast in uh, in L.A. again, shortly after, wasn't Lonzo traded? Or yeah. was that the next season? That was the next yeah. season. But they were all yeah. kicked out. The young the young guys were upset by that time. Yeah, because that was during a time where B.I. was very, very upset. Yeah. <laughs> so... We knew the writer was on the wall, especially for him. Yeah. So, yeah, so you've heard his recent comments following the heat lo- the loss to the Heat. You've also found out that he deleted his tweet. We can't say exactly when, but it, it, it seems it was recently. At least attention was brought to it recently. So when you put two and two together, it's very obvious that LeBron is clearly frustrated. He is, he is beyond frustrated of... Being able to put these numbers up, I mean, he's about to pass Kareem this season for number one all-time in scoring, and they're the 14th seed, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Sean, what people often say, you know, there, there's different, there are different schools of thought, right? People are saying that, LeBron, this is what you signed up for. When you came to L.A., you were able to bring a title back to yeah. L.A., yeah. albeit there is debate amongst fans about it being a bubble championship. Again, people who are listening, for me, a title is a title. You know, at the end of the day, I don't think I'm going to remember it so much. Like, uh, well, probably because it was a COVID year. So, yeah. But I'm not about to be like, well, that gave the Lakers the utmost boost because, again, Several teams were healthy. Several teams had a chance. Oh, I'm, I'm going to still say that, but... <laughs> I'm screaming. I, well, I won't, fans. I won't. So. I'm going to still say it. But, you know, again, people are saying you brought this upon yourself. People like to say, well, this is what happens when GM LeBron decides to go after, you know, old guys such as Russ and whatnot. Mm-hmm. This is what happens when you mortgage your future for AD, who, unfortunately, at the time of this recording, is out indefinitely with his injury. And yeah. you know he's been balling, and their recent winning streak that they were on was in large part due to AD looking like Pelicans, unstoppable AD. Sean, yeah, what do you make of this? Do is uh, it like what are your thoughts? I have a lot of thoughts on this actually. So first, let's let's get to the LeBron being frustrated, right? Because it even sounds like in a way where when he talked, you know, to the press and all that, like where he's putting the pressure on the front office to maybe make a move when they don't want to make a move. And I don't think, in my opinion, they don't want to. And to me, that's smart because at the end of the day, why mortgage even more of the future? Why empty the cupboard even more when there's barely anything in there in the first place for an aging star, right? Um when they already did that. Now, again, I'm not saying the Lakers front office is the best. They have made their mistakes. But 
I personally feel like Lakers organization have did their best to give LeBron whatever he's asked for, right? Um, a lot of the, for a while, I don't know if it's still like that, but for a while, like what, like 50% of the roster was clutch sports, right? So <laughs> that is true. <laughs> there's signing his people, you know what I mean? So it's one of those things for me, it's like, okay, you know, you ask for this, but then when it doesn't work out, you want to get away from it. And now I give LeBron credit because we joke, oh, he's a GM. Da, da. Hey, I'll give him credit for, you know, when he came back to Cleveland and, and you know, said, hey, I, I need someone else too. They got Kevin Love, right? So when I give him credit, I'm also going to hold him accountable as well because one minute he was bragging. I remember last year, right? He was bragging about the Westbrook thing or, or celebrating, sorry, him and AD. Like, yeah, everything we do, you know, at, like, no moves made without us signing off on it. Like, it's literally a video of them talking about that, right? Like, we're in on these decisions. And then last year when Westbrook was struggling, it was, oh, man, we want to trade for Buddy Hill, right? Like, no, it was a late <laughs> I forgot it's, about that. It's always something, right? It's always, like, an issue. So it's, like, one of those things you build a certain roster to win now. And, of course, you want to win now. But then when it falls apart or players are are injured or players are aging a certain way, right? Then it's one of those things, okay, it's time for me to get out of here, right? Um, and so that's, for me, that's where my, my issue is with that. And then, obviously, like you said, LeBron's putting up crazy numbers still at this age. But mm -hmm. to me, they're empty calories. I've said this, though, for the last, like, two, three years, that a lot of his stats, like, they look good, but those numbers aren't really indications of the actual game. Because while he's putting up great numbers, if you even look, uh, was it when they played the Heat? Actually, the offense was so counterproductive to winning. Like there was no player ball movement at all. Um, just a lot of ice. four turnovers and seventeen points in the in the final quarter. That's yeah. how much. No, no, it's a it's a lot of ISO. It's a lot of and even when they're down big, right? Instead of LeBron resting, he's he'll still be playing against numbers. And again. I'm not knocking him for it. A lot of players stab had a lot of players, and I know he's trying to get the record. Like, I get it. I understand it. But at the same time, don't be upset when the offense is stagnant. Don't be upset when a player gets scored on, especially when Brian's not the same defensively, right? Yeah. And and he's an all-time great. You know, he's an amazing player. But it's one of those things I just look at, like, this is what you asked for. You had a lot of young players with you at first, and you didn't want to be patient, which is understandable. You want to win now. So you shift them out because, right, what if those young players developed or though you still have those young players, but then, you know, you was able to get AD as a free agent, right? That Once is you, true. Like, that is there's, true. There's different things, you know what I mean? So then all of a sudden you have AD, but then let's say B.I. Sean flashes, you know what I mean, or, or Randall or, or Clarkson, whoever. Right, you're like, okay, I'm gonna keep these people. I do feel like BI needed a change of scenery though. I, I think I think oh, yeah, just yeah, yeah I, and, and I honestly I feel that's the way with all the young guys who left, you know, they, they just needed a change of scenery, maybe. Um, but again, that goes back to historically, Braun doesn't really thrive with, with the young with the no. young guys, you Unless know. Unless you're already established. If you're yeah. established like Kyrie was, even though Cleveland wasn't winning, right? Kyrie was still mm -hmm. established all-star player. Yeah. You know, so unless you're established, like, Brian doesn't have the patience. And, again, I'm not knocking him for it because at the end of the day, he's trying to win. He doesn't care 
about you know waiting or whatever so that's one thing a side note too if you think about it that's one thing you can give props to um steph curry on um to a certain degree because they still have some of those young players and they have a mixture of vets obviously and even to an extent i think they're like the seventh seed right now or something but even portland portland Mm -hmm. basically went the young movement right and uh dame's still been rocking with it like man i'm gonna see i'm gonna just see this through and, and see what happens with it so you know it it can work but then at the same time i can understand someone saying like yeah i don't have i don't have that type of patience yeah honestly you know listeners you gotta understand there is no knock against a veteran player not wanting to lead the youth it, yeah. it's not a requirement <laughs> that is not what they're getting paid to do at the yeah. end of the day exactly. you know it's cool if they do it's no issue if they don't yeah and Overall, when it comes to LeBron, I think it's safe to say that's just not his priority. That's not his focus, and that's perfectly fine. He didn't get here, you know, saying, "Hey, I'm going to mentor the youth in in the league." No, nah, he's here to to win games and honestly to have fun. Which leads me to his other comment because he did have a bit more to say after the Heat game, and what he said is, "I think about how much longer I'm going to play the game. I think about that. I don't want to finish my." Play, my career playing at this level from a team aspect. I'll still be able to compete for championships because I know what I can still bring to any ball club with the right pieces. That that right there says like, at least to me, it sounds like, hey, if if we don't if we don't make a move, I'm open to a trade. Well, he is. He can opt out after next season. Oh, can he? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he can opt out. You you know how you like so he he's been putting that into his uh so, his, so his in contract. Two, so he lately. can opt out in 2023. His contract, he's his contract keeps him until 2024, 2025, but he can opt out after 2023, 2024. Okay, so next, not this all season, but the following all season. Yeah, yeah, he can opt out. Yeah, okay, because I've heard people, you know, joke um on Twitter, like Warrior fans talking about it, like, oh man, would he come for a pay cut, right? Um, I, <laughs> Might be <laughs> with these comments. Might you look? Maybe. I mean, that's okay. That's another thing, though. Look, okay. He signed an extension. What September? I believe so. He signed a two-year, ninety-seven million dollars. So at the end of the day, you didn't have to sign that extension right away. That's how I kind of look at it, right? Mm-hmm. You have enough money, or you can even take a pay cut. Again, I'm not trying to be in Brian's pockets, but if winning is the most important thing. And you know you're getting up there. And you know AD can't stay healthy. And maybe you have questions about Westbrook. You might say, okay, hey, if I scale back here, you know what? I need you guys to give me help here, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever the case is. Um, but because I, I just look at it like as far as trades, because I'm sure that's kind of fun for some fan base thinking, oh, yeah, you know, LeBron can maybe come here because we have the right pieces. I'm, as an organization, if I'm a GM, I'm not trading no real assets for LeBron. I know that sounds crazy. Oh, my gosh. No. Why? How could you say that? But it's LeBron James at 38. I'm not giving no real assets for him. That's just me personally. Like, mm-hmm. I'm LeBron is not the same regardless of the numbers. I know a lot of people love stats. Well, to be honest, if he were to opt out, he'd be 39. So I'm yeah. definitely not. Like, he's not in 39 LeBron. Again, I know people like, hey, he could still do some great things. Yes, but he is not what the stats show, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right. And so 
at would I be wild? To... I'm not bringing him. I'm me personally. I'm not bringing him to be that guy, basically. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he's fine not being that guy. Like, of course, there's rumors, right? Or they're saying, like, oh, yeah, I want AD to be the guy. But LeBron his whole life has been the guy. LeBron his whole life has always had the ball in his hand. That's how he's always played. And if you remember the 2012 run in Miami, you know, the first time I got together, that mm-hmm. was the issue. He decided to take a step back to D-Wade. Mm-hmm. And how did that series, you know, that Dirk ended up, <laughs> within the within the title, not the 2012. It was uh 2011, 2011. Yeah. So even D Wade has been on record saying like, Nah, Bron, you are the guy. This is this is you. Yeah, you, you take over. To, I take a back yeah. seat. So it should be it should be interesting. I mean, again, I can see, I can see like the New York Knicks or something like that. You know, they probably be like, Hey, LeBron, come on, please. Oh I'll, I'll Lord, you think Bron would consider MSG? I mean, look, money. They, they, they would sell out all the time. That's what I was going to say. Money, and at the end of the day, like, LeBron is thinking, as much as he's playing basketball wants to win, he's also thinking about his post-career. That's why he chose the Lakers as well. All right, let's be mm-hmm. honest. So, New York, if you're not going to be in Cali, you might as well be in New York. True, true, true. For that, for those reasons, for the for the post-career reasons. Yeah, that's, that's very true. So, I mean, look... <laughs> Is there is there opportunity for the Lakers to turn it around? Absolutely. We haven't even hit the halfway mark They're yet. Close. Will they turn it around? I would say no. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. I don't think so. <laughs> I, it's not happening. Unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we do want to um, just offer a moment of silence. Uh, this is breaking news. At the time of recording, Pele, the, the iconic Brazilian soccer player, has passed away. I, I, believe at 82 and we're back ladies and gentlemen thank you for you know while we do talk basketball we are fans of many different sports and uh, for uh for an icon like Pele you know we had to we had to share our condolences honestly but how do you feel about? Do you still want to continue talking on uh, Braun, or are we ready to? to I mean, there's, there's not much else. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It, it's just Braun, you know, and he. Like I said, people won't be bad at me, and that's fine. Y'all can email me. You know how that goes. Um, <laughs> it's just one of those things, man. When things get difficult at times, it's like and 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 difficult on things he's asked for. That's what be mm-hmm. driving me crazy at times. Like you asked for this, like you asked for Westbrook, you asked for Anthony Davis. You know, this is and obviously some of the roster, yes, could there be a little bit probably better? Yes. But now there was rumors about, you know, Lakers interested in Kuzma, right? Like you have Kuzma, right? Like, oh, we could use a shooter. Well, you had Jordan Clarkson, but you got rid of him too. So there's different things like that that sometimes get frustrating for mm-hmm. me. Um but you know, LeBron's a winner. He's gonna he's gonna break the record. Um, he's gonna put up great numbers. But yeah, they're they're missing the postseason, and that's all I got. Really. Yeah. yeah, honestly. So you know, uh, well, Merry Christmas, Lakers. Happy New Year's. Uh, <laughs> here's to here's to the 2023 2024 season being much better for y'all. Yeah, they probably um, testing you out while they listen to this. Look, look, I've been respectful, you know. I, I, I kept certain comments to myself. You know, when you mentioned the empty calories, I was like, so are you saying LeBron is putting up 
Andre Drummond stats, but I decided not to. I decided not to. I left it alone. That's I left it alone. Yeah, I'm good. You know, I left it alone. You know, <laughs> I, even though I said it now, it doesn't mean it, it, I. I understand. It was it was a wild comment, but we we move on. So we move on to more festive. You know, it, it, these fans of these teams have definitely a lot to celebrate. Well, one, Luca dropped a sixty point triple double and. You know, I know I've seen on Twitter people are like, hey, uh, James Harden has done it. Y'all forgot. It was a 60-point, 21-rebound, <laughs> triple-double, where he only made two threes. <laughs> he only missed 10 shots. He, he shot 21 for 31, I believe. <laughs> and he did it. And a comeback versus the Knicks when they were down like nine points in the final, you know, few minutes. And uh, shout out to to Brooklyn Barry. He showed us a stat where teams were a combined two and like twenty one thousand when up by when down by nine points in the final in the closing minutes. Luca actually tied it and sent it into overtime by purposely missing. <laughs> a free throw, getting the rebound back and throwing it up at the buzzer. Look, <laughs> this man Luca, when he came into the league, he he said it's a lot easier to score in the NBA compared to Euroleague. And I remember that rubbed a lot of fans the wrong way. He does this 60-point triple double. All of a sudden, people are bringing up that quote saying, Yeah, man, no, nah, he, he <laughs> it it is easier to score the NBA than Euroleague. He he said it himself. Yo, we've talked about the Mavs before. We talked about what can they do to take that next step. Mark Cuban got to be looking and be like, damn, I got to work on something. Mind you, this is shortly after the Mavs revealed the Dirk statue that they unveiled, which was it looks great. It's so dope. You know, shout out to Dirk Nowitzki on a on a very successful on a very memorable career. Um, KG took to Twitter and said, "Yeah, they're gonna have to build another another uh, statue for Luca uh, soon." To be honest, it's gonna be two of them things up there. Sean, how? <laughs> Where were you when Luca dropped that sixty point triple double? I was actually coaching. <laughs> 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 So I had to watch the highlights. <laughs> but um, now to go back to what you said, though, um, in all seriousness, Lucas said it. He said he did say that it was easy. And to me, in my opinion, since he's gotten a league, he showed it was easy. Um, mm -hmm. Because remember, when he first got in the league, he said he didn't even know what a step back was. And he was like, oh, we can do that? Like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. You know, so the fact, like, just imagine for him where you're playing Euro – uh, in the Euro League, and it's more strict, you know, a little bit more physical. You know, you can get away with a little bit more as far as defense defense goes. Um, but then you come to the NBA, and you can carry, right? Mm -hmm. You can you can travel, <laughs> even though they say you can't. But you can travel. You can bait the refs, right? So he's like, oh shoot, really? Like I get rewarded to do this? Like okay, mm -hmm. bet this is easy for me. So when you give someone that's so already fundamentally sound. Because look at even Jokic, right? Like, it's so easy for him. 
it's so like I look at like some of these Euro players now. I'm like, wow, like remember remember those stereotypes where it was like, hey, the Euro Euro players can't, you know, they can't make it in the NBA. It's too physical, yeah. it's too tough. And now we're seeing all these Euro players flourish. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Showing their skill set because they're they already are taught to be fundamentally sound, but then they come to the NBA where let's be honest, a lot of these players aren't as fundamentally disciplined. Um, and you can kind of get away with certain things. They're like, oh, okay, wow. All right. Blame it on AAU, Sean. And I know, I know you have strong feelings on that. I know you have strong feelings on that. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. It's it's there's there's a few things I would do to to help the NBA get back to at least make it a little bit more difficult because these athletes get better, stronger, faster. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Each generation. And so the points are gonna keep getting higher and higher. People are gonna be making more, you know, difficult shots, shooting further and further back. It just that's just what it is. So I just wish that we had something for, you know, to make it a little bit more challenging for the defenders the size. Oh, they missed it, yes. Had an off night, thank goodness. Yeah. That's true. So, you know, but not to be outdone, Jokic continues to put up disgusting. See? See my point? See my point? (laughs) (laughs) He dropped another 41-15-15 triple-double again. He's he's just doing, he's doing what Wilt used to do, (laughs) apparently. (laughs) Minus the 100-point performance. So, that led me to, to ask, well, not even that. Not even that. Before we even get into that conversation, I also wanted to highlight the Nets. You know, the last time we talked about it, the Nets were on a streak. Um, with the return of KD, they were like eleven and three. Mm-hmm. Since then, and they had been a third seed. Since then, they are now on the second best record in the NBA, firmly putting them at the number two seed in the East, right behind my Celtics, of course. You know, right behind my Celtics, but. The top two teams in the league belong to Brooklyn and in Boston. KD, Kyrie have been able to cook. Even and I watched the I watched part of the game last night too against the Hawks, where they were losing versus the Hawks, but they came back and Kyrie was lights out in the fourth quarter. Honestly, Kyrie was just just making them all dance. The ball was on the string. He could see it from every. He was shooting it from everywhere with such ease, like. <laughs> Is this finally is this finally the team that we were expecting? Not saying that they're perfect. They still have a few flaws, but you know, and I know Bari would love to to be able to discuss this. He did share with us that Jack Vaughn showed the stats of um the Nets boxing out percentage and whatnot. And since then they have been more consistent. They've been they put more effort into crashing the boards, into trying to secure rebounds. Is this team the the team that we think can actually go to the ECF, if not the finals? Um, yes. I mean, right, the biggest thing I've been saying for the last, what, two years now, to anyone that would listen, is Steve Nash needs to go, right? I said that when they first hired him. He's not the guy. So mm-hmm. it's amazing when you have – just someone that that knows a little bit of coaching. Vaughn's doing an amazing job. I'm not to I'm not mm-hmm. to downplay him. I'm just saying any competent coach would be better than Nash, in my opinion. Right. And mm-hmm. so 
the fact that they're doing this well is something I expected them to be able to do the last couple of years. Now, do I believe they're going to the finals or anything like that? No, I still need to see more, especially from Ben Simmons before mm-hmm. that. Um, now they are they are cooking without Ben Simmons really being the Ben Simmons that we ex- yeah, still yeah. are waiting on. Um, they have did a better job rebounding because that is one of their weaknesses, but collectively they have really bought in defensively. They've been better as well. I still have my questions, but you know, they could prove me wrong right now. They're playing amazing. And I know, you know, it, I'm more like, I guess, encouraged if, especially for Jabari, because the fact that they had all these issues, right? Like, oh, Katie wants to leave. Oh, James Harden gets traded. Oh, what's going on with Kyrie? Oh, quote unquote, Kyrie doesn't care about nobody else, right? All this extra outside noise. Um, Nash gets fired, and then they all come together and they're playing at the way that they're playing. So that is definitely exciting. That's definitely encouraging. Um, but no, I don't see them making the finals now. Obviously, the dream finals for me would be my Clippers versus the Nets. Um, but Well, I'm just going to leave the Celtics out there. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Because the Nets never oh. won and the Clippers never won. So that would be kind of exciting. Forget y'all. And Kawhi versus Kevin Durant is always going to be something. No, forget y'all. Forget y'all. You know what? Now I hope y'all don't make the finals. That's, that's I mean, that's fine. I mean, it, it's not like it's going to hurt me. It's not like we made it before. Oh, so. <laughs> oh speaking of which, honestly, yes. You know, while we're celebrating stuff, we do actually have to pivot real quick and talk about one negative thing. The Grizzlies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Grizzlies, you just reminded me. Since John Morant's comments, <laughs> the Grizzlies have been getting manhandled. That's true. That's true. Especially by Golden State without yeah. Wiggins and Curry. Yeah. They got bounced. That's true. Uh, I feel like the, the, all the teams on the West Coast got a, at, at least the, the contenders, they all got offended. They were like, okay, bet. We're we going to show you. We're going to make you understand that we we a serious threat out here. So, yeah. John Moran and his team's gonna definitely gonna have to back up all that talk. Yeah, because it's it's been looking, you know, Desmond Bain is and back they went from the number one. Well, they're the number one team, right? Or no, they went from number one to now they're only a game and a half in front of my Clippers. Yeah, so they're the forces. So yeah. yeah, they were eight and eight in the in the conference when we recorded and talked about that uh, yeah. last that about that comment, and then they proceeded to I think. They're nine and eleven. You know, it's, it's, it hasn't been a, a a good week for the Grizzlies um, yeah. and John Moran. However, we did see John Moran's uh, signature shoes. They they came out. He we saw two different colorways. Honestly, the purple colorways that he wore in that um I believe he wore it in that Warriors game. Those ones look great. I did like that one. The first colorway, which I think is the official one that will be dropping for um fans and whatnot. You know it's. it's I'm 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 you know iffy when it comes to my my kicks and them being so colorful and whatnot. I I feel like I'm a more of a simple man, but there are sometimes where those attract me. How how did you like those shoes? And they they didn't really move me. I mean, well we'll see. We'll see what he has next. Uh, I like I said before in the last podcast, I I didn't like the logo. Um, so we'll we'll see. We'll see. Like I just want to if if it's a, if it's Good quality, like the Kyrie's were, then 
you know, then I, I'll change my uh, thoughts on it. But right now, it's still will. I'm still kind of waiting and seeing what's it going to be because I, I still feel like they just rushed it out because they lost Kyrie, so they're just trying to put something out. So we'll see. We'll see how it does. I feel it. I feel it. So as a result, now now we'll go back to to the positive. Um, <laughs> shout out to shout out to the Grizzlies, right? The positive being so we talked about the Nets, we talked about Joker, we talked about Luca, we talked about well with the Nets. One thing's for sure, KD and Kyrie have been balling, but even Paolo Benchero, the rookie out of Orlando, who's been having a, a really good season, honestly. Yeah. Um, uh, averaging roughly about 20 points per game. He had some recent comments about KD, which was a very interesting to hear. Um, it was by no means negative. He basically said, like, oh, playing up against KD, it felt like I wasn't even there, like he couldn't even see me. He was just getting everything which way that he wanted. And he said, like, you know, I felt that in this league, you know, I can score with the best of them. And I'm paraphrasing here. I can score with the best of them. And there are times where people will score on me, but I'll I'll be able to get mines back. I'll be able to fluster them, you know, throw my body into them, get them off rhythm, make them work for it. He said, with KD, it just, it didn't even matter. <laughs> it was like, hey, do I exist? Am I on the court? And it was basically an awakening, a, a welcome to the, welcome to the NBA, young fella. We look at... KD, and, you know, I think it's pretty much consistent amongst all the fans that he is a generational talent. He's one of the best pure shooters in the league. But is that where the buck stops? Do we do we keep him out of top 10 greats because of the lack of accolades? No, I think it's because of the fact that I mean, I guess he could have maybe more accolades, but I think the fact that people are mad about the Golden State move. Um, now, I think if he stayed at Golden State, people would have got upset, but they would have got over it, especially if he's winning. Same thing with LeBron with Miami, right? Mm -hmm. People were mad, but then he kept winning, so what could you really say? So um, I think that's just his biggest, his biggest thing right there is people are upset about it. He's obviously for sure – one of the most talented, if not the talented player ever, mm -hmm. like talent-wise, especially offensively. Offensively, yeah. just ridiculous. So I think that's uh, a part of it. Because um, let's be honest, when it comes to basketball, unfortunately, narratives is a huge thing, right? Yeah, it is. It's a it huge, is. huge thing. So to be able to shake that off can be very difficult. Um, like, for example, KD went back to OKC, and then they won, right? It'd be like what LeBron did, but all of a sudden it'd be a feel good story. People would forget about it. Now, I guess in Kyrie, I mean, I'm sorry, in KD's, uh, now that he's with Brooklyn, like people look at it like, oh, poor KD, especially when they're mad at Kyrie or whatever, because for whatever reason, the media seems to dislike Kyrie. So, <laughs> um, so I am curious if the Nets did ever win a championship, what that does for KD. I don't know if it changes changes too much for him like globally um because we all know he's great but he's never going to be looked at as surpassing lebron james for example like that's never going to happen um the only person that would be looked at as surpassing lebron james is actually curry in my opinion mm -hmm. and i'm not saying 
Curry, you know, I think Curry surpasses him. It's more so because of him winning and the next generation. Because just like how, you know, the generation before went hard for Jordan, the generation before went hard for Magic, this generation goes hard for LeBron, Kobe, right? Um, that next generation is going to go hard for Curry, especially if he wins. How many? He has four rings, right, Curry? Yes. So if he has five rings and LeBron only has four, and then let's say Curry, as he's getting older, he's still playing meaningful basketball too. That for sure, in my opinion, will be looked at differently than, hey, yeah, you know what, LeBron, he's putting up these crazy numbers, but they missed the playoffs again, or they're out in the first round again. Um, that's going to be fresh people's minds where Curry, they're like, man, Curry, since he was with the Warriors, when he was healthy, they was always competing for a championship or in the mix to, mm -hmm. to really make some noise. Um, and he has five rings. So, so yeah, so KD doesn't have that. That's why I said if KD maybe stayed, it might be looked at differently. Because, honestly, it's one of those things. I think KD leaving actually helped Curry in a way, too. And it, He finally got his first finals MVP. Yeah, yeah. Which was something that, which was a critique on yeah. his career. Everybody was like, he don't have final MVP, so like, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know we took so much stock at the final yeah. MVPs like that. All right. Curry's great, right? But like, I think KD, because he's great as well, I think he would have overshadowed Curry, right? So let's say he stayed with Curry basically till the end of both of their careers. I feel like we might look at Curry differently. We'll still say he's the greatest shooter ever, but they're mm -hmm. winning championships and KD's winning finals MVPs, we're going to look at KD differently and we'll kind of look at Curry still like, oh yeah, he's one of the greatest shooters, but I think there's a real conversation especially for the next generation for saying, oh no, he's the best player in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Or one of the, or all-time great players in the NBA, I should say. No. So, you know, should be interesting. So as far as KD though, man, I just, I just feel like is unfortunately, I don't feel like there's much he could do to really change the narratives uh, around his legacy. Unless, and now, unless I'm wrong and Brooklyn just wins like three in a row or something like that, then yeah, of course. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. And so that that will lead us to our final topic. Um, you know, something short and sweet because it's still early in the season. Like I said, we haven't hit the halfway point. But as we look at all the the recent accomplishments and the recent memorable performances around the NBA so far as we conclude 2022, it's hard not to at least look at the MVP race, right? And for me, and I'm sure Sean agrees, this this year, the MVP race isn't as cut and dry as it has used to be. You know, always it was it was a clear first of all, we always knew LeBron was in that conversation. You know, at least he was, there was arguments for LeBron in that conversation and whatnot, but in no particular order. These are the current favorites for MVP race right now. Luka, Jokic, Embiid, Giannis, Tatum, KD, and that's just the first six. You know, we, we have some rumblings of, you know, people are, are trying to throw Sabonis in there, which, look, look, relax, relax. I'm not saying Sabonis is MVP. Look, 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 look. He's clearly on the outside looking in. I don't want you to be like, Sabonis? 
Oh, hell no. Nah. Look, look, look. I understand. But some people are throwing some bonus name in there. Curry was in the conversation before injury. Um, depending on how long he's out, he might he might have, you know, lost the, the conversation piece. But Sean, what are your thoughts on the state of the MP, MVP race right now? Do you think it still t- stays tight and muddy like this? What do you think might be the final factor to decide to separate someone from the rest of the pack? Because I believe right now, um, based off the numbers, the top two favorites are Jokic and Luka. Rightfully so. But again, Embiid is no slouch. Tatum has been killing, uh, for the most part, 90% of his games. Giannis is Giannis at the end of the day. And hello, Kate. we just finished talking about KD. So what are your thoughts? I mean, it, I think the race is going to definitely stay tight. Um, just because no one has been able to separate. You know, normally there's a team that really, like, takes off and separates themselves. So for a second, it did look like Boston. But Boston kind of slowly going coming back down to the pack a little bit. So I think it's going to stay a tight race between – I mean, well, I actually, I don't know if you guys remember this, but when the first episode we talked about this and I said, I think Luca will get MVP because of the fact that the NBA wants him to, right? Um, I think that they're going to definitely, you know, hope that he gets And he's putting up crazy numbers. I'm not, not to downplay what he's doing because he has been amazing. But the crazy part to me is, at least currently, um, as we record this, Joel Embiid is averaging more points, more rebounds, more blocks, a higher field goal percentage, a higher free throw percentage, and has a better record than Luka. And Mm. Embiid doesn't get talked about as much. Mm. That's just, that's, again, not to downplay what Luka's doing, um, but that's just the crazy part to me is like, you know, and all of them, you know, Tatum's had his moments too, right? But it's just one of those things where I feel like, um, it's going to have to take well, – well, we always know the record plays a factor. So I think unless Luka just starts averaging something crazy, like 40 points or something like that, currently the Mavs are the seventh seed. He has to at least get up to the fifth, fourth seed, in my opinion, if the race is going to stay like this for him to, to have a strong chance to win it. Because right now the Nets are number two seed with KD leading. Uh, Celtics with Tatum, right? 76ers are the fifth seed. Um, was it who? Who else? Denver. Denver's the number two seed, right? So I don't think Jokic's gonna win MVP either. And not that he doesn't deserve it for you Nugget fans. He's definitely been amazing. I just don't think they're gonna give it to him again because that would be what? Is it three or two? Yeah, it it would be. It would be his third one. Joker would be his, his third, third one. one. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> and wouldn't it be back to back to back? He would. I think. Yeah, because uh, he won. He won back to back already. Yeah. So he. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that'd be crazy. As a result, it has led to people uh, daydreaming about. Look, if the Nuggets were somehow able to bring Luca over, it'd be scary. Of course, this is all rumor and speculation. There's no actual sound basis on it just yet. But what, what, just, just, you know, just the last, last, last thoughts. How would you feel about the Nuggets if they were able to pair Luka and Jokic together? Um, I mean, defensively, they'd be 
not the greatest. But, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> defensively, they would probably not be that good. But um, offensively, to prepare for that team would be absolutely a nightmare. Like it would be absolutely terrible. Um, and it sounds good in theory, but I don't know how well that would be because Luka needs the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, at least to me, like Jokic is the most. Honestly, I, I'm fine saying he's the best passing big man ever. It's hard. It's hard to argue against it at this point. It's hard to really make a strong case against it. Like he he's ridiculous, right? And he's a playmaker as well. So, and again, you could be like, oh man, maybe they both can play make for each other, possibly. But I just at this moment don't see that. So, um, so yeah, that would be probably my biggest concern, I guess, for that. But obviously, is it sounds good, and obviously they would definitely be, you know, talked about for a championship contender for sure. So, in case y'all don't remember, last was it last? Uh, yes. week? I talked yes. about Maxwell Lewis, right? That was my that was my spotlight. And the reason why I brought that up is because today, the 31st, right, they play Gonzaga, okay? They play mm-hmm. Gonzaga today. First uh, conference game. Yes, they're, they're probably – Gonzaga's ranked number 10. And they're probably – I'll be honest, Pepperdine's probably going to get smoked, <laughs> right? Now, or, or if they don't get smoked, they're for sure – I'll be surprised if they win. Because they're they're playing in, in Gonzaga too, but I want you to check this kid out, Maxwell Lewis. Please check this kid out. I'm telling you, like I told y'all before, the team isn't the greatest, but the way that this this kid is so special to me. And again, maybe I'm being biased, and and I know how I get. I, I was like that with John Moran and Shay. I definitely understand that, but definitely check it out. It's Saturday in the afternoon. If you're on the West Coast, I think there'll be like two o'clock. If you Central Time, it'll be four. And if you're in the East Coast, it's five o'clock um, in the uh, evening. So yeah. check and, it out. Check it out. And look, look. Let's be real. Ever since look when we recorded, and Sean mentioned him after that game, not the Zach, but the last game we talked about. And then we started seeing tweets about Maxwell Lewis. You heard it. You heard it mentioned here first. Please, please, please. Yeah, yeah. Tap in. Sean is giving you gems. Sean is. Sean is allowing you the opportunity to get your tweets off and sound like you got it first. All right. <laughs> so, so if you if you want to to look good in front of the honeys, in front of the Twitter honeys, please tap in, listen to Sean, and <laughs> just regurgitate what Sean tells them. I'm telling you, look, because that's now I'm seeing tweets about Maxwell Lewis and I, he wasn't on my TL before. I tell you right that he wasn't on my TL, but now I'm starting to see him after Sean mentions him. Look, okay. So anyway, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give I'm gonna give some bigger names too. I just like to do oh, yeah. smaller schools. So so next week I I will have a couple, uh, big names for y'all as well to check out. You know, but I like to talk about the people that that not the sexy names. I mean they like like what Abe said. It is starting his name is starting to buzz a little bit more now. Um, maybe they won't have him in the fifth, second round anymore. Hopefully, yeah. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah. So. Uh, I will. I will. Next week, I will have another player waiting for y'all as well. Absolutely. So, all the listeners of Full Court Press, thank you for rocking with us. Happy, happy, happy New Year! Happy holidays. I hope 2022 was kind to you. If not, I hope that 2023 is a lot better. Y'all get y'all New Year's resolutions in. Y'all New Year, New Me, all that nonsense. <laughs> but look. 
it's been it's been such a good ride 2022 has been fruitful for this podcast and you guys are a huge part of that so thank you thank you for welcoming us back to the uh basketball community thank you for welcoming us back to being consistent thank you to sean thank you to bari thank you to everybody who's helped make this uh, uh possible shout out to the full court press group chat each and every one of you have been instrumental to this podcast. We appreciate you, CJ, SSAW. Thank you. Here's to a successful 2022, and here's to a much more abundant, beautiful, wonderful 2023. From Sean Lowry, from Abe, we appreciate you. We know Brooklyn Barry appreciates you. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful year.